Hi, this is a podcast uh, I started called Audacious Living. I actually am doing it while I'm driving. I figured sometimes it's easier to kind of speak to this to take some of the anxiety away as if you were in my car with me. So here we go. It's kind of unedited. I don't even know if anybody's going to care what I have to say, but I just felt like the last few years I've learned some things about myself and felt like I should at least kind of talk about it. Um, So I want to talk about how a lot of times our brains will kind of create crisis or our reality will create crisis or uh, sometimes crisis happens in our life and how we can actually use it as a catalyst to bring a lot of healthy change in our life and we can use it uh, to our benefit um, in some pretty powerful ways. So um, a few years ago, I went through a pretty horrific divorce. Um, Most people know that are close to me know my story. Um, And I learned some really valuable lessons in that. I learned some of my own stuff that, you know, I really didn't want to look at, didn't even know was there. Uh, First of all, uh, some dysfunction that was in my my own life and also within my family um, and uh, within there. So I I do believe that, you know, every person uh, can teach you good and bad. And it's kind of taking on the parts of that person that you don't want to uh, have in your life. So you can learn just as much on that side of it um, that, okay, that's dysfunction that I do not want in my life. Um, And so sometimes we're brought into relationships or families to realize what we don't want. But we can also take the parts of that family that we really did admire. There's so much about my ex-husband's family that I really valued and admired and fell in love with. And that was what I fell in love with from the beginning with them. And so it's not to dismiss everything about them. But it is to say the parts that uh, did show up for me that didn't sit well with me. Um, And so of what I wouldn't want to carry on in my own family if I have one one day, if I choose to. Uh, I personally have chosen the last few years to develop myself. I have chosen deliberately to not be in a relationship, uh, partly because I still feel like I am working on some of the unresolved issues I have. I did get wounded a lot by men, so I feel at this point it would be irresponsible of me to get in a relationship until I've dealt with some of the um, subconscious, uh, you know, feelings I have um, with not feeling 100% safe with men. So I am working with that. I'm working on that. I do therapy and I'm first to say women, if you have anger towards men, you have no right being in a relationship with them, with one, and you should do the, be doing the work every single day to kind of resolve that so that when you do get into a relationship, you can relate to this person a lot healthier. Um, but, uh, going back to what I was originally talking about, which is, uh, kind of like, um, crisis and how it relates to personal life and business. Um, When I got out of my divorce, I read this book called The Big Leap. And I swear that book has changed my life. And it really is kind of what really forced me into dig deep into therapy because I did realize this pattern within me is that I would only allow myself to get to a certain level of success before I would sabotage it. Um, and I didn't know why I would do this. Um, 
and it kind of was becoming this like repeated dysfunction um, that I knew there was a pattern that was not working well in my life and I didn't know why and I started to dig deep and I brought myself into uh, lots of therapy and uh, dealing I, I try to do coaching when I can but basically uh, the book it talks about uh, our upper limit and how we have to kind of shed the old version of ourselves before we can step into the new version of ourselves. So it's kind of like a snake needing to shed its skin. And in order to kind of become the new version, we have to deal with all of the old programming and all of the old negative tapes that we carry. So a lot of times as children, we took on the belief that maybe we were inadequate. Uh, maybe we took on the message that we were not worthy Maybe we took the message that we weren't good enough, lovable, um, or maybe we felt that we didn't quite fit in. Um, and nobody really talks about that. Sometimes you might not actually feel that some of the family beliefs, maybe they don't 100% resonate with you. And that can start at an early age. I mean, I remember there were certain things that my mom believed when I was younger that I remember then thinking that doesn't really feel right with me. Um, but you know, to, to, uh, to respect my mother, I kind of went along with it. Right. And we all do this until we one day wake up and we say, who do we want to be? And this is part of individualating from our parents, which is a very healthy thing, uh, to kind of question our parents, uh, way of thinking, not to say that their thinking is wrong, but it is to uh, identify our own identities and kind of becoming um, our own person. And that is the part of, uh, that's the beauty in this, it's kind of a gift that parents give us is to let us become who we are and celebrate that. Um, so going back to um, some of the things that I, I do think uh, the original stories and how they kind of start and how the crisis a lot of times in our life is because we are not getting our needs met in somewhere. And typically the need that we're not getting, actually we didn't get it in childhood either. And so we have to now go back and reparent ourselves in the areas that were broken for us. And this is again, not to blame parents. I think parents do the best job that they can and with the tools that they were given. A lot of times they themselves were not given the best uh, version of you know self-worth in their own lives. So it's kind of, you know, how do they give you the tools that they didn't get, you know? Um, so it is kind of, we have to look at that and kind of change that within our own lives. Um, so, the, um, so the biggest thing is to look at where, what you are neglecting you know, if you're having a financial crisis in your business, what part of your business are you neglecting? That's typically the part that actually could be the biggest, uh, the biggest avenue to bringing the most positive change to your business. If you kind of honed in on the place that you're neglecting, the same thing in your relationship, the part that you are neglecting, what part of that are you neglecting? And then the biggest one is the parts that we neglect in ourselves. So the relationship with ourselves is so important and we have to look at where, what are we neglecting? 
Are we neglecting sleep? Are we neglecting good nutrition? Are we neglecting healthy relationships? And are we, are we neglecting having healthy boundaries and, and what have you? So it's like you have to look at all of these things and say, what part of me is being neglected? Where am I neglecting in relationship? Where am I neglecting all over the place, right? And so that is a big reason why crisis happens, I believe. And uh, I think we can use it to kind of examine and and be like the, the um, you know, the, the mystery finder of our, of our own lives and kind of fix it within ourselves. I think we all have the answers in ourselves to kind of bring that stuff forward. Um, the other reason I think that we create crisis is like when we, like a lot of times there is something that is being neglected. Um, and so a lot of times in families, a lot of families can have a lot of the right things, the right elements that a family needs to have like fortune. They may have, you know, really great entertainment. They might go on like really great adventures. Um, but maybe not all of the family members are getting their needs met. Maybe some are getting their needs met and others are being neglected. Um, and so that is where a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, you know, hurt feelings can develop in a family. Uh, there can be a lot of feelings of betrayal because uh, some people are getting their needs met one day and then the other person is feeling neglected. Or maybe one child is feeling loved and then the other is being neglected. So a lot of times this will, this will also create uh, this wounded part in ourselves that we kind of need to go back and examine. Um, and we do this in friendships and what have you. The other reason we create crisis is because we are used to it. Uh, we are more, we are, we've been in such survival mode and we've been in pain and that's the only thing that we know. And so if we have only known a life of struggle and pain, then guess what? We will actually create dysfunction to stay in that because that is what we're used to. We're comfortable there. We're not comfortable in the, uh, we're, we, we have no idea what it feels like to not worry. We have no idea what it feels like to not be in lack. We have no idea what it feels like to be, um, to have our needs met. And in fact, it actually makes us uncomfortable when we are getting our needs met because it makes us feel guilty. There's a part of us that makes us feel unworthy when we're getting our needs met. So we'll actually somewhat reject it. This is why you see a girl that's in a really healthy relationship and she rejects it. It's a lot of times because she didn't feel worthy of the love uh, to begin with. So she'll destroy it. Um, same thing with the man. Uh, there's so many men that cannot accept love. And these are people that can't receive love. Now, there was definitely a time in my life where I totally know, knew how to receive love. And, um, but after being very hurt and wounded, my post-traumatic stress kind of, I had some repeated betrayal from close relationships in my life. Uh, some were family members, some were, um, you know, people that, some were friends, some were, you know, just I had a lot of repeated betrayal. And when we have a lot of retreated, uh, betrayal, then our brain will reject love to stay safe. So it'll kind of shut it off and say, oh, and so it'll actually use anger. Anger is the best tool to avoid love. So if you see somebody who has a lot of anger issues or they're, they're kind of 
pushing you away, a lot of the times that's their own mechanism of actually trying to stay safe because love has not, uh, love has not felt safe to them for a very long time. So it's kind of uh, trying to stay in that for that person. It's really hard because sometimes you feel like you're getting um, beaten up by that person. And sometimes you do have to step away and let them deal with their own season of life and let them kind of meet their own needs and their own time and kind of wait for that relationship to come back. And a lot of times it will. And a lot of times uh, people just need that time. And that is uh, sadly what post-traumatic stress does to people. And it's not necessarily that this person's trying to deliberately be mean to you. It's that that person has been so hurt and so wounded that they now their defense is against letting love in so they cannot receive love um, and that is the saddest thing and obviously there will be a ton of crisis that creates in our lives when we cannot receive love now I do believe that a lot of women carry this masculine energy of not receiving love they know how to give love out but they do not know how to receive and I also believe men you know, really have a hard time with receiving. They are really great about meeting other people's needs, but they do not know how to receive their own. In fact, men have a hard time even just asking for directions, uh, let alone let love in. So it's uh, it's something that we all actually don't talk enough about is actually letting love in. But when we let love in, that is letting God's abundance in to our life. And a lot of us are totally blocking that. We're not even allowing it to manifest because we're still in that survival flight flight uh, mode of I got to stay safe and we're trying to control our environment so much that we're missing out of the pie and I have been I mean this has been me the last I don't know four years and I'm slowly working I'm slowly putting my guard down and kind of doing this podcast in a way is kind of like I'm hoping it kind of helps me. The more vulnerable I get, the more open I hopefully will become to receive because I feel like, you know, it's it's talking about our feelings. And a lot of us don't want to talk about the messy parts. And a lot of us don't want to talk about the dark parts of us and, and the parts that are broken. And, you know, sometimes life will break you. And, you know, I definitely have gotten broken. And I'm I'm working on repairing that but I'm also working on it and looking at it on wow how can I take all of this that I have learned and gone through and make it into something beautiful it doesn't have to be that old story any longer and bring it into the light so I think that that's really cool and we allow these things to happen and um, I think it's important that we look at too you know the the parts in our relationships that aren't working and you know some of us have great great relationships where we're getting maybe like 70% of our needs met we're getting the the adventure we're getting money we're getting good sex even uh but maybe we're missing that vulnerability piece to it and that emotional piece and there's that missing 30%. Well, when we have that missing piece, we're going to create crisis, right? We're going to start fighting. We're going to, you know, whatever. And if we kind of look at it, like looking at every time there is something like that, what are we missing? And then vice versa, there's that couple that is, you know, 
not they they're meeting each other's needs emotionally but they're lacking the adventure they're lacking the good sex and they're lacking um you know they're lacking a whole other host of of things so it's tapping into that missing you know i guess that's what i want to make this podcast about is tapping in to the missing 70 sorry the missing 30 percent of your life to meet your needs. So maybe you're getting the 70%. Maybe you've got your paycheck. You've got the job that's giving you the paycheck, but it doesn't really fulfill you. Um, or you've got the relationship that you're in and you know most of your needs are being met, but there's a big chunk that's not. So it's kind of like evaluating all of that. And not to say not to be thankful for where your life is today. I do believe in a lot of gratitude and I believe that it's great to embrace that part and say thank you for everything that you do have. But it is to say, like, how can you slowly shift into stepping into these areas that you have neglected in yourself? And a lot of times it's not uh, to blame the per- the other person that's in your relationship. It's not to blame your husband or your spouse or your business partner why you're not getting this certain need. It's to say, where did I neglect that in me? Where did I neglect the parts of me that were adventurous? Where did I neglect the parts of me that, you know, were sexual? Or where did I neglect the parts in me that were... Um, you know, loving or where's the parts of me that I neglected being vulnerable? Where did I stop? What, what day did I stop to, and decided to not be vulnerable anymore and speak my needs? And where did I learn to not speak my needs? A lot of times, you know, we learn that way back to not ask for your needs to be met or we met that we felt that that was weakness to ask for our needs. And when did that start and how do we fix it and turn it around? So it is asking yourself a lot of good questions and kind of doing that inner work. So I hope this helps somebody. I don't know if it makes sense. Hopefully I am kind of rambling. It is hot. So I'm going to finally turn on my air conditioning and I hope this serves somebody out there. Well, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Odashas Living with Leah Jean. I wanted to talk today about self-abandonment and when we neglect ourselves um, and others or our business or um, what have you, um, or parts of our business or parts of our relationship or parts of the relationship with ourselves, how much that is always going to lead to crisis. Uh, same thing with if a family is neglecting a family member or an issue that needs to be addressed, there's going to be some type of crisis. So crisis is always used. It's kind of like a symptom, um, if you if you will, to kind of examine what are we neglecting or what have we neglected and what have we self-abandoned within ourselves. Now, a lot of us wonder where did self-abandonment originate and it actually um, is kind of learned behavior from uh, childhood and uh, for many of us. Uh, many of us learned, of, you know, a long time ago to self-abandon uh, for other people. And so, especially being, you know, raised as a, uh, as a little girl in America, um, a lot of times little girls have gotten the message to be a good girl, it means... Um, to give up your needs. And the more you give up your needs and please everybody else, um, 
you know, the better of a girl you're, you're, you are, you're going to get the gold star. <laughs> and so we kind of train girls to self-neglect themselves early on and call that a badge of honor. Um, now the, um, interesting enough, um, you know, as we get older, um, you know, this can turn into an addiction of people pleasing and codependency uh, that turns pretty toxic on us. So that, you know, original, just a nice girl mentality kind of turns on us as we get older. And so I want to talk about that today. And I want to talk about how, um, you know, really, it does take a lot of going back to kind of um, our early early development and kind of the kind of speaking to that younger part of ourselves and kind of go back and get the parts that you know we kind of missed um so interesting enough i i had a quite a few of um pretty pretty messed up relationships that were pretty toxic for me to kind of get the message to start uh caring about me um, so it's kind of like I went through these relationships where I was used a lot, um, taken advantage of, and my vulnerabilities were used against me. And um, so, you know, I couldn't understand why this kept happening to me until I kind of got the message is that I had no concept of how to meet my own needs and I had no concept of putting me first. Um, and so these the universe, God... Um, will always bring kind of the the life situation to you for the lesson that you need to learn to make a better version of yourself. And so sometimes it does mean that we have to go through these difficult, toxic relationships to truly start to uh, change the way we relate to ourselves. Uh, not so much to others, but more how we are relating to ourselves. And the more we relate to ourselves differently, then others are going to reflect that back to us and they will they will then, uh, you know, dance with us differently. So in a sense, us changing ourselves will reflect backwards, outwards, and hopefully people will change how they are relating to us. Um, now, a lot of the times, of course, when we go through this journey, uh, the people that are used to kind of uh, using your kindness against you, they're not going to like it when you finally start putting some of those boundaries in place and saying, uh, we're doing this differently. I'm starting to take care of me now, or I'm putting me number one, and I'm not putting anybody else number one. And it's it takes actually a lot of work, and it makes us feel that we're we're almost betraying other people. So it kind of, it's weird. It's like we're working on loving ourselves, but it creates a lot of toxic guilt because it feels like we're hurting other people in doing the self-love work that we kind of need to do. Um, so I just want to give every woman permission to kind of embrace that and kind of beware of that when you're going through this journey of learning self-respect um, back to self and and bringing love back to yourself. So uh, this last year, I did get into Tai Chi, and I, I really uh, started to love the concept because, you know, so much of us, you know, we pour energy out, we work, we serve. I mean, most of us are in service type atmospheres where we're pouring so much into other people's needs 
and we're self-abandoning almost, you know, on every level, um, you know, kind of repeatedly. And so the, the Tai Chi, uh, the whole concept is actually to bring energy back to self. And, you know, I couldn't, you know, I would hear counselors tell me that, yeah, you're not valuing yourself or you're not respecting. I couldn't understand, well, how do I, how do I find that balance? And so Tai Chi for me really did help kind of get back to that, um, yeah, centered place of, you know, getting your, your, um, you know, putting the energy back to you. And, you know, I really do believe that it's important that we teach women and men how to meet their own needs. Um, because I think that that is something that we don't really learn in childhood and nobody really talks about because we kind of aren't given uh, emotional tools a lot of times in childhood and when, when we're younger. I'm, sh- you know, I, I think schools are starting to finally catch on that we're missing that piece to society. And um, I think it's really important but, you know, yeah, it's important that we learn at a young age to, to do that. And, um, and if you haven't, then it's, it's, you know, it's always your chance to go back to do it now. But when, again, I wanted to go back to neglect and, um, you know, what happens, you know, when we're neglecting and why do we abandon ourselves? I think the biggest reason for me anyway of why I abandon self is a lot of times I actually feel like I'm going to be hurting somebody else to meet my own needs. So, or if I do well in life, it's going to hurt somebody else. Uh, So I had a lot of guilt associated with success. um, And I had a lot of feeling I would leave somebody behind. Uh, Making money and, you know, becoming successful is no fun if you can't take the people that you love with you. And so for me, it was, it was very much, you know, um, I kind of felt a little guilty, you know, because, um, sometimes, you know, I was lucky. I did find, um, I kind of got into a business at kind of an early age, uh, started, uh, my small company. It's just a, you know, wedding company, uh, pretty young. Um, but I, um, which I'm very thankful for, but I didn't realize how much, you know, guilt, actually, the more I built it and the bigger I got things that I actually started to have to deal with. I also had some guilt too, because not going to lie, after going through my divorce, I got kind of financially behind in my business. And so I started feeling guilty, uh, kind of taking money, you know, for the next wedding, if I still didn't have the old wedding paid for. And so I was dealing with a lot of toxic guilt and kind of a lot of overload. I felt very, um, you know, at that time that I just couldn't do it all. And it made me give the message to my brain, you're inadequate, which is interesting because that was very much a belief I had when I was in childhood was I carried this, this belief that I was inadequate. And so I want to talk about that too, when we kind of carry all of these negative tapes of when we we're younger of inadequacy or maybe we felt powerless when we were younger um, maybe we felt overpowered especially you know I was the youngest so a lot of the times I felt overpowered in my family I felt dominated over I felt kind of like my needs did not matter compared to others and um, I felt sometimes neglected misunderstood uh, misrepresented and so there was a lot of of, um, you know, 
things looking back that I kind of had to realize, wow, I'm recreating that in my reality today. Like that powerlessness, I was recreating it. Um, and I do believe God will kind of keep having you create this feeling of powerlessness or inadequacy or this unworthiness because it's wanting you to go back to fix that original wound. So it really is kind of going back and digging deep and kind of saying, where did we learn this? And I definitely have avoidant issues to life. I just kind of, I, I'm a, I love pleasure. So I like when things go well. I don't really love when things go wrong. Um, <laughs> you know, and I, I would much rather go on that 10 mile walk or have that glass of wine than sit and deal with like, you know, the negative, uh, taxes that are in front of me so it's it's easy for me to be like I'm going to put that to the side and a lot of times when people have gone through trauma you know we kind of stuff it away we can kind of compartmentalize it and put it over here and then that ends up building to a monster later and then we're back into the overwhelm and we're back into the, the to the dysfunction and we're back into the original story so the more you catch on to like oh I'm back in the original story I need to kind of shift this. I need to change my mindset. I need to kind of speak to that little girl in me. The more you can kind of come out of this stuff. Um, of course, it does take going to counseling and what have you. Um, and a lot of times, too, we learned avoidant issues because our own parents had some avoidant issues. And, you know, I think my, I look at my mom and it's funny, the older I get, the more I understand that, you know, as a child, sometimes we think that can be cold or they're being aloof, but really they're just avoiding situations that maybe they don't know how to handle. Uh, so their way of dealing with it is just to avoid the situation. And, you know, I've done that a lot in my whole, my whole entire life is I've kind of uh, rejected the parts of me that were, were not um, pleasing because I did grow up where there was like a lot of perfectionism. And so we didn't really want to talk about the parts that were dysfunctional. Nobody really wants to talk that to talk about that part. But the more I, you know, you go to any 12-step program or anything like that, the first thing they're going to tell you is, you know, to embrace the imperfection and to kind of really get back into, you know, yeah, you're not perfect. And let's, let's kind of embrace the parts that are dysfunctional inside of you. So it's kind of like the shadow work or the stepping into the shadow of your soul and kind of pulling that out and saying, wow, I'm going to kind of like, like look at that differently and look at it more loving and not so, so harsh where I have to reject it. So if we're rejecting part of ourselves, um, which so often we learn to do in childhood, then we're still rejecting ourselves as an adult, which will turn into self-abandonment. And it's so much easier for us to focus on somebody else instead of our own lives, which is also a form of self-abandonment. And that's what most codependents do. Most codependents are great at focusing on somebody else. In fact, there are, I really do believe this, there are some parents that'll actually create a child to somewhat be sick just for the fact that they will have something else to focus on outside of themselves. So it's kind of crazy um, how much we, some of us are, you know, love to self-abandon because we don't know how to actually, uh, you know, look 
at ourselves. We don't know how to take care of ourselves. We don't know how to do self-love. We only know how to love outwards. We only know how to. And so those are people that, that really do not know how to receive. And so what I mean by we don't know how to receive is means that we don't know how to receive love inward. Like we know how to give it out, but we do not know how to accept it for ourselves. And that is because typically the old tape was that you are unworthy and you are unlovable. And it's not until you go back and you tell yourself, wait, that's a lie. Because if you were born here, you were, you were. And so it's kind of, sometimes we just had parents that, you know, weren't in tune to us or they were rejecting or, or critical and, um, or maybe they were absent or maybe it was perceived rejection. A lot of times parents are still going on like a business trip and as a little child, you don't understand. And at that time you're in a vulnerable place, but they're still leaving. And so you take it as, oh, there's something wrong with me. You know, there's all sorts of reasons why a child will kind of develop this false belief that they're not lovable and they'll reject parts of themselves early on. So I want to talk about how we can go back grab those parts of us and bring it forward. And so, you know, I like to say, what are you rejecting in your life? You know, what dreams have you given up on? Uh, what, what parts of you have you given up on and what parts are you missing in your life so that you can kind of tap into that and be a little bit more loving to yourself and not so hard and critical because a lot of times you know the reason sometimes our parents are being critical of us is because they're actually being self-critical to themselves so they're projecting that criticism onto us because they have their own self-critical tape going on and then we take that as ours and it's kind of like you know take the jacket off and say wait a minute what if we all kind of had a little bit more compassion to where each other is at and what if we kind of talked about some of these things instead of running away from it and rejecting it um you know and I think that's the thing with me that um sometimes I think I can make my family feel uncomfortable about I've always been the type of person when there's a lot of dysfunction I kind of call it out like to put it on the table and I'm like what the heck what's going on here and I you know and a lot of my family likes to avoid they like to pretend everything's great and they like to have like you know we're the perfect family and you know it's great and all and sometimes we are that perfect family sometimes we are there's so much that's amazing about my family but there's a big chunk that's actually really dysfunctional and uh, nobody really wants to even address some of those things and so that's kind of what I want to go with on on today is just like you know look at yourself look at where you're rejecting and uh, where you're self-abandoning, where you're self-neglecting, and how can you meet your own needs today? So, you know, if you felt that you, you didn't do that, like, class that you wanted to do when you were in fifth grade, then you know what? If you're 35 years old today and you just feel like you've got three kids and, you know, you've got a husband and you're neglecting yourself, then go take that class that you wanted to take in fifth grade. It's not too late. Give an hour a week to you. Dedicate it. It's, it's perfect, you know, to five minutes of your day. Just give it to, back to yourself because I got to tell you, you're going to actually help everyone around you and you're going to help mirror, help other people. You're going to give other people the permission to do that for themselves as well. So you're helping yourself, you're helping other people, the more you take care of yourself. All right, have a great day. Talk to you soon.